gotten these amazing partnerships since then just by being in the yes mentality of, yeah, I want to work with you or going to a particular event and meeting the right person there. It's just been a hell of a journey. I think 2023 is going to be a huge year for us. You're just funny. It's funny you know, the way you tell the story and everything. Funny how. Come here. Come here, though. Yeah, he's crazy, see? Who are you? No, just kidding. Hey, thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, so today is going to be fun. Um, I'll let Chris introduce himself, but uh, a lot of on this show, we talk about health, wellness, social interaction. So Chris, I met uh, in the DM, which is how all good conversations, mm-hmm. I think, start. But uh, he's got a, uh, a really cool story about how he started uh, his business, Sweat Deck, which uh, got myself a couple decks. These things are awesome, especially if you're into fitness and don't really know where to start. It's kind of like a cool game you could play with yourself. So um, he is the founder, uh, co-founder, with him him and his partner. So I want him to talk about that business as well as what it's like uh, running a business with your spouse, which I can relate to. So Chris, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tony, man. This is sick. First podcast in the books. This is your first podcast. That's right. Ever. Yeah. Hey. All right. Congrats, dude. That is, uh, I'm honored and humbled. So thank you for choosing me to pop your cherry. It's very nice of you. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us a little bit about your business and you and how you kind of got mm-hmm. this start. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris Dietrich. I co-own Sweat Deck with my fiance, Christy, here, up here in Seattle. And basically, I started this business with her in late... 2000 early 2018 Mm. um after kind of a hard year in 2017 and it's just kind of been a fun journey that i've liked to tell on my social media accounts of how we got started and documenting the day-to-day grind of like this is the beauty and the ugly of running a business and i just think it's a cool perspective to share um so yeah that's awesome dude yeah Yeah. congrats on all this success because i know um, it's not easy starting a business naturally, but um, with yours, why why did you want to kind of dip into fitness and health? Have you always had kind of a passion for for that industry? Yeah, yeah. So I've been working out since I was 18 years old um, when I was five feet tall and probably a buck ten <laughs> um, when I graduated high school. It's like so that's what I am now, to... five feet and a buck ten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. Um, I was like, you know what, if I'm going to start talking to girls, I should probably look a little bit more fit, you know, just get my yeah. self-esteem up. And um, yeah, but as for sweat deck and getting into it, I had never really trained this style. So basically to give you an idea of what sweat deck is, it's a deck of cards with program workouts on every card. Um, it's not really weightlifting. It's more like cardio and interval training, AMRAPs and stuff like that. So here's an example. Um It's like 400 meter run, 15 jump squats, 15 pushups for a 12 minute circuit. So it's super easy to follow. You just pull a card and go. Um, But the backstory is, I think, really unique and really genuine. And that's probably why you wanted to have me on here to begin with. Um, In 2017, I contract as a project manager for my day job. And I just had a really rough year with my career. The contracts were slipping. They were getting cut early due to budget project scope would change. 
I wasn't a good fit, you know, and I just kind of sank into this dark place of depression where at the end of 2017, I was like not working out. I wasn't eating well. I was drinking mm. more and it was really waning on my relationship with Christy where working out was our thing, right? We had that really ingrained as a pillar in our relationship. And so this really cool uh, Christmas in 2017, she usually goes home back home to Hawaii for like a month in December to go hang out with her family and warm back up. And she, we were kind of on the rocks at that point. So she made me this really blank, like bland version of what we have here. This, this deck of cards with program workouts on them as a gift for me to pull a card and know exactly what I'm going to do, but help get me back into the swing of things and the routine of working out daily. And she said, I knew it was serious because she goes, I need you to pull a card every day and I need you to uh, track your progress, right? And then after a month, I'll come back and we'll see how you're doing and if you've got the routine going. And so she really wanted me to hold myself accountable. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to lie to you, that first card was uh, like a cascading pyramid of 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 reps and then 10 burpees in between each exercise of those rep counts. So it's like, squats sit-ups yeah lunches you know the the fundamentals but it took me 36 minutes to finish that workout (laughs) i was so out of shape with cardio that um i've got it down to like six and a half minutes now so it's like i've seen tremendous success in a nice pendulum swing since then but (laughs) uh the the trainers at the gym saw me you know coming in more consistently at first thing in the morning and they were like, what are you working out? I see you, you know, cutting weight, you're being more disciplined, your attitudes changed. And I showed them the product and they were like, can we get some of these for our clients? I think this is such a cool idea. And they offered to pay 25 bucks a deck. And so we just were like, why not take a stab and make this our business? And ever Sick. since then, I've been learning and taking courses on how, like, how to get it on Amazon, working with people to get it on Shopify. And then we've gotten these amazing partnerships since then just by being in the yes mentality of yeah i want to work with you or going to a particular event and meeting the right person there it's just been a hell of a journey and i think 2023 is going to be a huge year for us that's great dude that's such a cool story man and you know it's one of those things too where i talk about a, a lot of this on on my shows if you forget about the health and wellness aspect you just happen to be able to start a business and to do something that you both are passionate about. And that's very rare. And then when you start to do those things, man, things happen, man, whether that's mentally, physically, financially, just things, there's usually never a downside to following your gut and doing what you love to do. And, uh, it's, it's very fulfilling. You know, I, I kind of have a similar story in in the aspect of like things weren't really going too well with my health where, Mm -hmm. um, you know, physically I was dealing with a lot of issues and just this past year, I don't know if we talked about this prior to, but, um, we just had a rough year. 2022 was rough from the beginning of the year. I I got diagnosed with having a tumor in my lung and, um, that was back in January. Yeah. I don't know if I told you that. And then, so we were dealing with all that. Technically it was like December 21. Um, and then, you know, my father-in-law passed away while I was in the hospital dealing with this. 
And then, you know, we kind of were in this weird thing where I got back and I had to, I had to get surgery to get this tumor removed. Thank goodness it wasn't cancerous, but you know, I have a portion of my lung missing now. And yeah. it's, um, I, I thought everything was going to be fine with work and then I ended up getting laid off. Uh, with with work and that it was a great. It always comes in threes. Always Life doesn't care about your plan at all. It will yeah. crush you when it wants to. Fuck yeah! Oh so my god! When that I can happened, totally I relate like, to that. Yeah, and it was just it was almost like one of those things where that's when my health also started kind of. You know, I was so passionate about working out all the time, and I was just I gave up for a little bit, man. And I was more upset yeah. that I couldn't be there for my wife when she needed to grieve, and then also too she's trying to help me out, but she doesn't have the energy. And then, you know, in hindsight, we're also trying to have a kid, but that wasn't working out. Uh, we've been trying to yeah. have a kid for a while. So it was like this whole year of just shit. And then once I started focusing on like what I wanted to do, like taking care of me, so like waking up every morning, not worrying about a job because I didn't have a job at this point, uh, taking care of my health, really figuring out my passion of what I wanted to do. And I landed yeah. on podcasting and creating content. And not only that, but also I wanted to open up a business with my wife because we had this great idea, and that's when Meet Cute was born. Literally yeah. after my surgery, after I got laid off a couple months afterwards where we had it on the back burner, but we never really did anything with it because I was working, she was working, and I just didn't yeah. have the time. So I used it as an opportunity to start this business that I was really passionate about that we both wanted to do together. And everything else now has been great. you know. And, yeah, and, yeah. And then I don't want to you say take the shadow. Yeah. Yeah. You take the shadow on yourself and it's like that first few months is scary as hell. Mm -hmm. It's a ton of vulnerability, ton of insecurity. And then it starts to just click at a particular point. You start to uh, hit your rhythm and stuff starts yeah. to make sense or you're constantly learning and you build the self-confidence. And for what you've just told me is you just had like one of the roughest years a person can go through. Yeah. And it's probably built your a strong, strong foundation with your wife that a lot of yeah. people are looking for. Um, but yeah, I really commend you for sticking through with it, man. And I, I can totally empathize with what you went through, but I went through that at like 17, 18, 19. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's I tough. Think, I think everyone needs to go through it because I think it's important, you know, not necessarily mm -hmm. like father-in-law passing away and lung surgeon because all that kind of blows. I would never wish that upon my worst enemy. But, yeah, you know, in terms of same. like dealing with some sort of big, life-threatening almost crossroad, you know, everyone yeah. needs to deal with that. And if you've dealt with that before and your life isn't where it is now, I think you probably didn't deal with that situation like you should have, you know, because yeah. I, I really, I've, I've dealt with some some gnarly shit. I'm 37 now. So in my twenties and thirties, I've had crossroads and I know yeah. for sure, looking back now, I made the wrong decision because yeah. when you, when that path that you take, it gets worse. You need to look back and say, I made the wrong decision back then. Yeah. And you need to identify yeah. that. And here well, I feel like I'm holding made, yourself accountable. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And right. be real with not, yourself. Yeah. Not being afraid to take that leap either, you know, because mm -hmm. the, the path that we're talking about, like I say, there's a right path and wrong path. But really, there is no right or wrong path. It's it's no, our perception it's of path. what right. It's your path, and it's our perception of like what we think other people expect us to do. Like that's what yeah. people don't understand is yeah. when a lot of people, including like my own family, was like, "All right, Tony, lung surgery. You're you good now? Okay, you need to go find a job. You need to go get a four hundred one k. You need to you settle need... down even more. Yeah, yeah right? and I'm like, Stabilize. but I don't want, but I don't want to do that. 
I don't want to do that. Yeah. And they go, well, you need to. I go, okay, well, I'm not going to. And I decided not to do it. And again, am I making as much money as I did when I worked for a corporate job? You and me no. are the same person. Yeah. We're probably like in a different universe, dude. It's like, you know, this is the multiverse. I'm, yeah, I'm exactly. The, I'm the Tobey Maguire and you're the Andrew Garfield. Like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're the two Spider-Men fighting in the universe. But, you know, that's that's what's wild about it, man, is like you don't uh, you don't understand until you look back now. And I'm not making as much money as I did before. And I have yeah. to work a little bit harder. But at least when I'm working these 10, 12-hour days, I actually like doing it. Yeah. That's the key. Yeah. Is, you have a passion for it. Yeah. That's that's yeah. that's what people don't understand is when you work 12 hours a day at a job that you hate, everything it else gets affected. You. Yeah, your it family. Kills you. Your spouse. Yeah. Your kids. Your relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck if you have more money. Who cares about that? Like, it's all about yeah. mental health because, you know, when I started realizing my relationship with money is similar to food. And the aspect of like, I need food to survive. I don't need to enjoy food. And when you can look at money the same way where you need money to survive, you do. You need to pay a mortgage and you need food and you need, you know, a car and all that. You need some of that stuff. But you don't need a new iPhone. You don't need a new iPad. Yeah, exactly. You don't need a five-story house. You're right when it's just you and your (laughs) wife, like... There's certain things, and when you realize those relationships between us and the materialistic stuff, if you just eradicate that and focus more on, I make less money, but I love every minute of my day, yeah. that is going to, it's going to pay Quality tenfold. of life skyrockets. Yeah, the self-esteem gets boosted. Your confidence is boosted. Problems that you thought were problems before aren't problems. Yeah. They're just opportunities to fix, right? Like, That's right. I can totally totally empathize with what you're saying right now because yeah i uh i look back at my mid-20s i'm 34 and so i'm almost to your age right but um so i'll be seeking your expertise in the next few years for everything else (laughs) but yeah like uh it's funny you said i wanted to take the shot on myself after surgery and after this really rough year uh i'm sure the family was like okay time to like really settle down and get your finances in order get the right job it's got to be the perfect job uh, for me, one of the biggest realizations that I'm grateful I found out early was the company that you work for doesn't care about you. Like if it's a corporation, a big one, sure. Uh, some of the ones that I've contracted for, they were quick to cut me. Right. Yeah. One guy went on sabbatical. <clears throat> he was a VP of the department and he cut all contracts. And then, uh, the project scope will change because someone made a bad decision or didn't have the foresight. I got cut because of that and my finances suffered from that. And so I kind of made this deal with myself. If I'm going to jump all into a business, I'm just not going to let this fail. I'm going to be adaptable. I'm going to learn. I'm not, I'm going to leave my ego 10,000 feet that way and just have the confidence in myself to see this through. And it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Fuck yeah, man. Right on. Preach bro. Yeah. Yep. and, you know, again, that's we, we look at like indigenous cultures and other, you know, countries that don't have it as good as Americans do. Yeah. And you look at those folks and they are like happier Stumped. than a pig and shit. Like, it's, <laughs> They're so happy. It's yeah. so weird. And, yeah. you know, I it, you don't even talk about because people always like compare it to, you know, like, let's say, I don't know, Ethiopia versus like Compton. No, no, no. Yep. Like, people don't understand. Compton's rough, sure, yep. but they at least have, like, a house 
it might be a crack house, but it's a house. And community. And yeah. community. They've got and a, they got a really got a strong identity. They yeah. got shoes. Like, they have things. Mm-hmm. Places like Ethiopia and some other countries that aren't as fortunate, like third world crazy countries, they're trying mm-hmm. to survive the day. Like, yeah. they don't care about cell service or, like, no. the worst is, like, if you're in a poor community and that same those same people going to the poor community and they're bitching and complaining about traffic. It's like, what? Yeah. No, they, yeah. Like for, uh, for me, I love looking at other cultures that are totally opposite of mine. So like, uh, totally empathize with what you're saying here. Uh, the Ethiopian community, the Polynesian community in Hawaii, their priorities oh, yeah. aren't material possessions. It's family, food and quality of life. Mm. Right. Like Christy and I, have kind of battled in our relationship because I'm kind of distant with my family. We're still kind of navigating some stuff, but Christy loves spending time with her family. She can spend infinite hours with them and they just, they're like the best friends group. Cause it's I part of the culture, right? Yeah. I can't yeah. understand that at all. Cause my mom will tell you too, like we can, we can probably cap it out at two and a half hours together. And it's like, <laughs> I will yeah. see you in a month. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, because you yeah. were weren't you just out in Hawaii with yeah. Chrissy? Same I know family? it doesn't look like it, but yeah, I didn't get a tan. I got a nice sunburn on my back though. Um, nice. Yeah, and it's it's such a nice uh, you know going from my life here where I'm focusing on the most minute details of the job mm-hmm. of the business and you know my my pressures that I've put on myself. I didn't realize how for this last trip how burnt out I was from 22, and it was a okay. good burnt out. You know, like not an unhealthy one, but I was tired. Right. I yeah. slept for like 12 to 14 hours a day for the first three days. And it was probably because you had like your <laughs> phone off and your email off and you weren't yep. worried about anything. Yeah. Yeah. My biggest yeah. concern was just like getting the rooster outside of the window to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, I also realized little things too, right? Like um, when you don't have a corporate job, you know, because I, I talk a lot about health and wellness on this show. And, you know, physical health, mental health, financial health, kind of the three pillars of, of my podcast. And mm-hmm. when I, I got out of my corporate job, because I was in it for so long, like a lot of us, yeah. over a decade, yep. right? And when I talk corporate job, like usually when I'm in a job with anything, th- my wife says this is my sickness, to where I go 100%. Like I did three yeah. podcasts today. So when I, yeah. when I do a podcast, I fucking go. Churn and burn, baby. Yeah, dude. Like, I don't fuck around. I don't half-ass anything. So when I had a corporate job, they told me to get there at 8 o'clock. I was there at 7. When they told me to stay till 5, I was there till 6. So the reason I I mention health and wellness on on this so much is because now that I'm not in that world and I could spend that extra hour in the morning, two hours in the morning Mm -hmm. with my wife, right? Maybe in bed. Maybe just not looking at the phone. Maybe just having me time back. Yeah. yeah, me time. And then sometimes it's not that. Sometimes it's focusing on my health more, like doing ice plunges or sauna. And yeah. I wasn't able to do that in the morning in my corporate job because I had to hurry up and do yeah. my hair and get I breakfast. I have the morning and, commute, right? I got to get my breakfast. Yeah, just uh, yeah. Cook. So that alone, dude, it's worth the money <laughs> that you're sacrificing when you're yeah. able to you know, subsidize that time and reallocate that to something more important. It's well worth the yeah. money for sure. yeah. Dude, I uh, I remember being on my fifty-six minute commute. I had it down to the second. Um, Fuck. From here in West Seattle to Redmond, and I would, I was the Tupperware king of like my oatmeal and berries, my scrambled <laughs> eggs and rice, 
And I would just like eat it in the car. I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Dude, like I'm up before the sun is up and I'm the sun's going down before I even leave the office. I was miserable. Yeah. Dude, we we are cut from the same cloth for sure. Because when I when I worked at I worked at Monster Energy prior to meaning getting laid off. And then before that I worked for Coca-Cola. So for two decades I'm in, you know, these multi billion dollar companies making decent money, but not mm-hmm. enough that a $32 billion company, they should be paying me more. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I was going to say. <laughs> besides the point. But I, I did the same thing, dude. I, I literally packed a big-ass Yeti, and I had three lunches in there because I would snack every two to three hours. And it would either be the eggs in the morning or the oatmeal in the morning. And then for yeah. lunch, I was such a psychopath because when I worked at Coca-Cola, I had to run a route. I was an account manager. Mm-hmm. So I had to run a route, and I got up at 5 a.m. because I wanted to hit before any other stores uh, like store managers were there because I would merchandise and then I would sell to the store managers and I would get there early and I would do my thing. And then of course I would have breakfast either on the way, but then lunch was hilarious because a lot of other people in that industry, in particular, if they're above 45, 50 is yeah. they would go to lunch. They would eat a fast food joint or they would yeah. go to a restaurant and they would just kind of like half-ass the rest of the day. Me, yeah. I was like you, I have my grilled chicken breast, my rice, my veggies, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting there like a, jabroni freaking eating (laughs) in my car listening to a podcast for 20 minutes like i'm trying to rush because i'm like i'm gonna be the best i'm gonna be the best and then now you realize in your 30s you're like for what Mm -hmm. i'm not even there all the wisdom shows up as soon as you turn 30 that big three out is a blessing well you know why right because your your body's starting to die at the age of 30 (laughs) (laughs) so knocking on death's door yeah so things become less and less important (laughs) when you're in your 30s you start worrying about your health at that tolerance for bullshit just plummets yes and that's how like most people like everyone's like uh oh yeah i waited uh till i was 30 and then i found the girl of my dreams no bro you just you realized I got to do this thing. (laughs) Yeah, I got to do this. I'm lonely or I really want to, you know, it's time to start doing that. The societal pressure. I don't want to date anymore. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, Christy and I, um, I don't know how long you and your wife have been together. We've been together 14 years and not without its trials and tribulations, but it has been the best part of my life ever because she's super stable. She's independent. that's probably one of the best things about our relationship is I, we have this like unspoken agreement as to like, I don't tell you what to do and you don't tell me what to do, but mm-hmm. we are going to approach everything together, have our relationship meetings, you know, and just communicate very clearly, which took a while to get, uh, get through like probably six years. But now we've got this really good relationship. That's really, you know, strong in communication, strong on respect. Uh, if it ever gets super rough, we're, um, we're leaving emotions out or if the emotions are too high and they're revving too high, like me, I'm Irish. Uh, I will, I will just take a step back or she'll just say, you need 30 minutes, cool off and we'll, we'll come back. It's great. Now, when you say relationship meetings, or is that Mm -hmm. this actually something that you guys do on a daily basis, weekly basis, or is that just something you're calling it? Probably like once every two months. Like, Is it a legitimate relationship real. meeting? Yeah. Like what, do you, well, like, what do you mean we'll by Because we don't do that. TV. So I'm curious. It's awesome. It's such a good therapeutic practice that I think a lot of people need to do to focus back on yourselves. 
as a unit, right? Cause it's a partnership and sure. you're, I think one really good thing to understand about relationships is it's never 50, 50 all the time for effort putting into the relationship. Mm-hmm. It can ebb and flow between that 60, 40s, you know, 70, 30. And there are times a lot, I'm sure a bunch of your listeners are going to relate to this where it's 90, 10, where right. you're totally disconnected and you're focusing on work, 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 or you're depressed, right? right? And your life is kicking your ass and you just can't be present. Um, and you just have those meetings set where you can be like, hey man, I'm not feeling heard from you. This is what I need from you right here. How can I help you be more engaged kind of thing? Awesome practice. I would highly recommend it. Yeah, it's a good practice, man, because that's the one thing uh, I don't want to say we struggle with, but I mean, we've been together almost eight years, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the last like, like I said, the last year has been rough. And, you know, yeah. I, I go I go back to all this crazy shit happened. And then we hit this like this. Um, I don't know. I, I don't want to say epiphany. That's probably the wrong word, but I at least did where again, I knew exactly what I wanted to do now and I was going to go all in on it and it was going to be a little stressful for everybody. But, you know, after all this happened, I mentioned all the good things that that came from it, but also we've been trying to have a kid for so long and I don't know if you noticed, but we just announced that she's pregnant. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thanks, dude. So she's uh, almost 13 weeks pregnant now. Hell yeah. You know, we... Again, we, when I talk about we've tried, like we've gone through because my levels are good, her levels are good, and we just for whatever reason we couldn't make it happen, and we yeah. went through IUIs and IVF and all that shit, and then eventually, ironically, it's when I realized I needed to get the stress off from work. I needed to work okay. for myself. Like in that yeah. weird how next thing you know, it worked. Yeah, yeah. We um, um, I know two or three friends that have done the same thing where yeah. they just could not get it right. It just, Mm -hmm. the timing wasn't lined up and Christy would lean over to me and just say, they need to stop trying. Yeah. They just need to take the pressure off of themselves. Cause, and it's kind of a cultural thing too. Um, like for Christy's Japanese, but born and raised on Hawaii. And we have a humongous amount of friends that are Filipino and culturally family is everything, right? So you got to have kids by 25 or at least start by 25. Of course. And, that sacrifices the career, which puts prices on money, you know, like yep. all kinds of, of pressure. Uh, trickling down effect. Right. So when you can't get pregnant, you just stress about it more. Like you want to yep. try harder. You want to double down. And the second, uh, this one friend of mine said, we're just not going to, I've accepted. We're not going to have a good, she was a pregnant, she was pregnant in a month. <laughs> I was like, see, <laughs> like, that's what happens. Take a breath. Yeah. Take a breath. And that goes with everything too, man. And it's so weird how, um, you know, as much research as we did into the subject, um, you realize that women in particular, the last two decades, have drastically dropped in having children, not necessarily because they don't want it, cause, which is, you know, it's kind of a uh, double-edged sword because yeah. a lot of women want to focus more on their career, and that's fantastic. And maybe yeah. they don't want to have kids like they did a couple decades ago. But then in contrast to that, there's a lot of women that do want to have kids that just physically can't. And yeah. even though their ovaries and everything is beautiful and fine and the guy's testosterone is the levels are good, is his sperm is good, like everything's good. But for some reason, we can't make more humans as much as we, we used to. And it fascinates me as yeah. we kind of dived into that subject 
and I'll let people do their own research because it is, it is kind of subjective. But it was interesting when yeah. I looked at the numbers and I said, what's changed? And the only thing that's really changed is our health and our yeah. nutrition. Like, yep. Those yeah, are the, the only diet is, yeah. The diet is like trash. Yeah. It, like we're not eating prepared meals. We're not eating mm-hmm. uh, clean meals or organic food. And I'm guilty of this, right? Like there are some times where Chipotle just calls my name and, and of course I answer, <laughs> but then like, uh, for breakfast, I eat the same thing every day, no matter what. And it's just a uh, banana, two packets of oatmeal that are organic. And then, nice. um, like non GMO, uh, organic blueberries, four to five eggs and nice. two cups of rice every morning. And so every morning and a banana. Yeah. Do you do that uh, like first thing in the morning or do you wait a few hours? How do you take coffee up? first? Coffee, coffee first, before yeah. everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Do you do yeah. intermittent fasting or you, you do breakfast pretty early? I didn't realize I was doing intermittent fasting. Christy called that out. She was, um, so I'll have my last meal at, by seven okay. and then I don't usually eat until 1030 or 11. Yeah. And so that's I'm a, getting, that's a, that's a yeah, small, I'm getting the fasting window. period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're getting the the benefits of fasting. You know, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people when they eat super late and then they'll eat first thing in the morning, they think that fasting is six hours when you're sleeping. No. no. Like, you need to go at least double digits. Okay. At yeah. least 10 hours. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've been doing that for quite some time and I see a lot of benefits because I, uh, I realized when I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease a few years ago that the only, um, the only diet, I use that in quotes loosely for people just listening because there is no diet. That's a stupid word, but lack of a better yeah. term, uh, the, the best diet way to eat for me is whole foods, plant-based. Yep. So when I started doing that and then I started researching more about like intermittent fasting and the relationship with food is different for every person, of course, but there is one, um, one common thing that we share and that is we all need a certain amount of nutrients. And yeah. we've been brainwashed to think that that amount of nutrients and the, the calories and the type of food we need, we've been really brainwashed to think that we need to eat every two hours. And once yeah. you once you get in yeah. that habit of eating 5,000 calories a day, it's hard to break it. And yeah. once I broke that and started doing more intermittent fasting and then my first meal is like very nutrient dense, like enough to get me through the and next I'm six sure hours. that first two weeks of trying that or that first month oh. of adjusting, brutal. That was like me when I quit soda. Uh, yeah. I was I was six cans a day forever, like 12 years. And it wow. was Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper's King. This is not up for debate. I love that soda. Of course. I would drink it after it kills me. But I have stopped drinking soda for yeah. three straight years now, three and a half years. And good for um, you, yeah, it's, it was brutal. Uh, that right? first two weeks, I was yeah. having legit withdrawals. Oh yeah, it's definitely withdrawals. Yeah, like, like a lot of people don't. A lot of people try to overanalyze and say, "No, it's withdrawals. It's the same thing alcoholics yeah. go through. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty gnarly." And especially with sugar, I mean, there's even a lot of studies that say sugar is sometimes more damaging than alcohol. Um, yeah, you know, just just like alcohol. I mean, of course, the only downside the only downside with alcohol is naturally you just can't wing your. You know, you have to wing yourself off. You can't just cut a cold turkey. Yeah. If you're really addicted. Coke and you know the uh, the other sodas you could probably cut cold turkey and be fine, but you're gonna have like, massive yeah. headaches, <laughs> and terrible night sweats yeah, I... and crazy shit. 
I gave yeah. myself an agreement. We were going to see like the Spider-Man in like 2019, something like that. And uh, I was just like, you know what? You have a problem. We're going to have our one last large movie theater Coke. And <laughs> that's it. No refills, no nothing. Yeah. And once I did that, the next two weeks, I was just like, shit, I feel terrible. I can't yeah. sleep. Uh, yeah, everything reacted poorly. Just For my sure. body shut down because I wasn't having an excess of how many grams of sugar, 240 grams of sugar a day. Dude, when, again, you start doing your own research and you start thinking about this, when you're intaking, whether it's alcohol, soda, or any type of liquid that has calories, you just think about the amount of calories you know that you're supposed to intake. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the number, but... Let's say it's 2,000 calories a day because that's what we've all been told, right? Food pyramid yeah. and all that shit. So if you're wasting 300 calories with soda and you're having that a couple times a day or whatever, that's 300 calories that serve no purpose yeah, to your body. They don't help at all. N there's nothing in there that's good. It's not even water. Like if it was no. like 80% water, eh, maybe. <coughs> but it's not even that much water. It's all corn syrup and sugar and just... Mm -hmm bullshit gunk yeah gunk and you know again if you start looking into the research and diving into it same thing with other foods you know chipotle is great for sure is it the best option i mean compared to mcdonald's not. compared to mcdonald's yeah. maybe okay <laughs> but you know there's there's other ways that you could do it and it's we're just so conditioned man because chipotle is good i get it but you know yep. rice Chicken, beans, cilantro, and avocado. Like, mm -hmm. you're telling me you can't make a Chipotle bowl at home? Come on. I could make it at home. Of course <laughs> you could make it at home. And it's probably going to be but just it, as good, you know? You just got to yeah. practice it, right? I just need that steamer that they have for the tortilla. Oh, That's all I need. That's a <laughs> steamer, that burrito. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, you're as you get older, I think we um, – uh, our perceptions changes a lot. And it's through trial and error, and you got to figure it out on your own. And that's bound to happen. You just got to gotta go through the motions. But, you know, unfortunately, I think with the way food is right now, it's kind of scary because, like, um, as excited I am to have a, uh, a child come in this world, I'm also a little terrified because, um, you know, in five to ten years, I don't know what the food supply is going to be. And yeah. It's um, a very real issue. It's serious. And a lot of people, you know, think it's a joke because they're like, we're obese and in, in America, we're not going to run out of food. I'm not saying we're not going to run out of food. I'm saying that now we're at the point to where we're intaking barely food. We're intaking a lot of substance, but if you really dive down in those ingredients of like bread, for example, bread has like 17 ingredients. Mm -hmm. Like a, my dad makes his own bread. It's got four ingredients. Was, was, he, a, was he a COVID sourdough maker? Oh, yeah. He made did everything. You know, did you notice that? Like everybody... <laughs> That, when we were living the longest march of our lives ever in 2020, <laughs> that four-year march, I swear everything on my feed was I'm making sourdough. <laughs> and I was like, is this a thing? It's a or are people <laughs> just like exploring this? No, it's, it's a very real thing. And it's very hard to do, by the way, sourdough. But, yeah, I, I mean, didn't know that either. Yeah, but bread as a whole, I mean, you can make that with four ingredients at home mm -hmm. and in your oven. You don't need a special... Like you just need a certain pan that makes yeah. bread. But the reason why people don't make that bread and then sell it to grocery stores 
is because it doesn't last that long on the shelf when it's yeah. fresh. Same thing with food, any food. That's why, you know, canned veggies and frozen foods are so popular is because you can keep it on the shelf for a year and it won't go yeah. bad. So now you don't have to worry about spoiled food. And that's what grocery stores are worried about is wasting food. They want to make money. And that's why you don't see a lot of big health stores and the big, you know, big uh, uh, health fast food stores. Like that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, make that, well, so make that I, I found this super funny, like, um, so Christy's brother and her dad love fishing. Uh, they've mm-hmm. got their own like 20 foot fishing boat and Sick. her dad is incredibly fiscally conservative, very disciplined. He doesn't spend money on anything except for fishing gear. Awesome. Like he will drop top dollar on fishing gear and their freezers. They've got six. This is a very common thing in Hawaii also Dang, uh, that I didn't realize <laughs> they're stocked with food, uh, <sighs> meats, and tons of fresh fish. And then they still go and have a fresh catch and they'll eat that. Like you, so you never recycle through the yeah. fish in the freezer. Yeah. That's awesome. Hoarder, that's live, hoarders though, of bomb food. Yeah. yeah. That's the way to live. And you yeah. know, again, that's something that terrifies me to where I look at like, not just factory farming, but I look at the fishing industry and mm-hmm. you look yeah. at like what's happening with large, large uh, fish and mammals, like, you know, um, orcas, sharks, mm-hmm. and all these, you know, fish that these massive fish that need to eat other fish, but they can't find it anywhere. Yeah. So now they're going to these like weird places of Florida and these colder areas that they usually don't go to. And they're, they're changing yeah. their trajectory of their path because they're running out of fish. And it makes me think 10 years from now, 20 years from now, you know, yeah. because a lot of people don't understand we haven't been fishing for very long. That's what's weird. Like, yeah. are you aware of this? We've only been like, like yeah. really crazy, like f- fishing, like fishing for actual fish for like 50 years. That's, that's all. Yep. Yeah. So in that yeah, short amount of time, um... we're running out of fish. <laughs> and it's because the sushi market, the, the demand on fresh fish, the demand on tuna is insane. And yeah, it just has this trickle effect of all the, you know, like I see all these fusion restaurants popping up and it's like, if we're, overfishing to hit fusion restaurant level fishing demand it's i'm like we're so fucked (laughs) and you know you can't you can't rely on uh, and this is coming from a vegan you can't rely on companies like impossible and beyond meat you can't rely on those folks to make fake meat because even that is pumped full of processed bullshit to make it seem like it's real meat um is it better than having a cow I mean, I don't know. I guess studies will show yeah. 10 years from now if it is. But yeah. we, we can't rely on that type of shit. Now there's even a company, I forget what it's called. I think it's like, uh, I think it's Better Meat or something like that. But they're 3D printing mm-hmm. meat. Have you seen this? No. It, it's actually 3D printing. It's real meat. Okay. They use, <laughs> Let's they use fat. Down. Yeah, they use like real fat from a cellular level. Like they grow the part of the animal without actually killing it. Yeah, and then they'll 3D print like a a steak that looks like a steak. I'll try to maybe I'll find a clip and I'll edit this up and I'll clip it in. Yeah, but they they they've made it. It's already done. Like they're doing it in Europe and uh, and I think Australia and other parts. But it's crazy that that's where we're going to. And I don't know if it's I don't know if the reason is fully authentic. Meaning I don't think we're doing it because they just want to do it. I think they're doing it yeah. because smarter people than you and I 
are like looking 15 years from now. We're 20, not going to have any Yeah, food. 20 years in the yeah. Yeah. So they're like, we need to do this or else like the world is going to end because we're going to all starve. I mean. Well, and, I'll see you on Mars, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and, you know, by the way, as I'm talking through this, you know what I'm realizing? Like, I mean, the United States, we're fat and obese. We're, we have yep. plenty of food. And then, you know, Russia, they're eating China. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. China, 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 China. So really, it's only like four countries <laughs> that are just <laughs> is is eating the world dry because yeah. a, a lot of the country is filled with, I mean, these third world countries, right? I mean, mm-hmm. these these islands, the Caribbean, uh, and know. they eat sustainably. Yeah. Also, I mean, you know, don't, places like don't eat Africa, beyond your means, right? Yep. So it's not them that's causing the world to run out of food. It's just these few countries. And that is kind of terrifying because no matter what you believe in, let's say if the world did start 2,000 years ago, even though we were wrong before that. Yeah. Um, But for some reason, we all accepted the fact that it is the year 2023. But we're only 2,000 years old, let's say. So that means in 2,000 years, we've completely exacerbated most food on the planet. Like we're running out of fish, factory farming isn't sustainable. Um, we're we're gonna run out of plants, right? Because we can't do yep. agriculture everywhere because we're building buildings on top of where we should be growing food. So we're now experiencing we need- heavier droughts, more severe droughts or flooding. Yeah, so the yeah the farmland's getting wasted. Yeah, it's a so, mess. Yeah, dude. So that's kind of what terrifies me about raising a kid soon. So we've actually been like you know growing our own food, which has been kind of exciting. Um, nice. And I think if we can all get to the point to where we can grow a few things here and there, you know, imagine if every single house had some sort of, you know, garden. Micro garden. Yeah. yeah. Doesn't have to be crazy. Right. Uh, just, you know, I don't know, lettuce, kale, strawberries, maybe some celery and peppers and tomatoes, like, you know, the basics, yeah. nothing nuts. Yeah. Um, And even if we were able to kind of consume that versus going to the store so much because you can't really hate on these companies right like the ones that are doing factory farming and you know the fast food chains like chipotle we make fun of but you can't really hate on them because they're trying to feed the world they're trying to do the right thing um and we're so fat that we want the food all the time yeah and i don't want to cook every single meal right this isn't 1950 anymore i don't (laughs) want to you know mom isn't home all the time she's not in charge of making all the meals all the time yeah, exactly. I don't want to do it after a day of pulling 14 hour, you know, 14 right. hour work day. No. Well, and that's another thing too, right? Like we're working so much that we're exhausting ourselves to where we don't want to cook yep. our own food. And that's another thing I realized working for myself is now I like have time to grow my own food and I have time yeah. to prepare meals and I have time to do all that stuff. So um, it all kind of just leads to just being figuring out what you got to do to be a healthier human. And then yeah. taking care of your family in the future because we can't really rely on these companies to look out for our best interests. No, no, no. Yeah, I uh, I made that realization like six years ago, four mm. years ago, and yeah, it's been a really nice lifestyle adjustment to where sure. I'm thinking consciously of what steps can I take to make my day a little bit easier, or make my year a little bit easier. Push myself. What skills don't I know that mm. I can teach myself? Right. I told you during 2020, I got so bored out of my mind that I just started learning uh, how to build things. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. I just, you know, I didn't go the, the food growing route. I went sure. 
I don't, I don't even know how to use a hammer or a miter <laughs> saw. So uh, I'm going to just start building stuff in the backyard or rewiring my doorbell or yeah. building a planter box kind of thing. And then, awesome. you know, I, uh, I've been off way more than I could chew, but su- successfully it worked. I built a sauna in the backyard. Dude, I saw that. It looks ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. bro. It but it's not really little. Cool. It's like, it's undest- like indestructible. Uh, it's like six and a half feet, seven feet tall, wow. eight and a half feet long, three and a half feet wide. So it can fit three people in it and it cooks at about 176. So it's just hot enough. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, so, just hot enough to where you're getting the benefits for sure. Yeah, so I'll work out super hard at the gym or I'll work out here in my living room that I converted into a gym and just go cook for 15 to 20 right afterwards. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then are you doing uh, Are you doing like cold therapy as well? or? Yeah, yeah. I uh, I had to change up my routine after I learned some more information from uh, a genius guy with the epic beard, the Viking, Andrew Huberman. Oh, Huberman, I think it was. Yeah. Huberman yeah. Lab. Fuck yeah. He, yeah, he, he knows a ton of stuff. But he was saying, um, start with cold and end with cold. Mm-hmm. And then do three to four minutes in the cold tub. I'll put about five to six bags during summertime of ice in there. And then I'll do 15 to 20 in the sauna and reheat myself. But I always end with a cold. If you're going to lift, um, do the cold on like a recovery day. That's Don't right. do it right after weightlifting because you still want the blood flowing to – um, send all the healthy hormones, the healing hormones, you know, the building blocks to keep your muscle growing. You don't want to, uh, restrict that blood flow. That's right. Yeah. You always want to do that on recovery days. Never like post-workout. I realized that too. It took me, yeah. it took me a while, but yeah, Huberman's great though. His, his podcast is awesome for sure. Yeah. Ton, tons of great stuff on there. Yeah. I've been doing, uh, I've been doing contrast therapy for quite some time and it is really interesting. The amount of, um, uh, the ripple effect it it mm-hmm. takes, uh, or excuse me, that the ripple effect that it has on your everyday life, like just doing cold therapy, then sauna, and then cold therapy. So like I'll do my ice barrel, same thing. I'll do a few bags, and then um, I'll get it to like 45 is maybe yeah. the lowest I'll get it. And then I'll hop in the sun. I have an infrared. It only gets to like 150, 160, but I'll yeah. hop in there. Kind of same things, and I'll do three sessions. I'll always end in cold. Yeah. And then even if I really wanted to, I'll hop in the shower if I'm really sweaty and, and just, gross. Yeah, super cold. Super yep. cold in the shower. And you do that in the morning on a recovery day, you sleep better that night and then days yeah. after too. Like there, yep. it's it, the stress and anxiety of like the everyday life. That's the benefit of like cold therapy. A lot of people look at it and say, oh, it's just a trend because Joe Rogan and guys talk. No, man, it's been around. <laughs> yeah, for, I get those comments too. Yeah, I, dude, it's been yeah, around get, for so long, man. You know, it's just the science finally is catching up to what, yeah. what's what everyone's been talking about i mean yeah. you know eskimos had this right uh icelandic yeah. folks like thor they've been doing this shit for years athletes have been doing this ever yeah. since football was invented like cold therapy is a a highly researched topic same thing with with sauna but it's super interesting when you actually do that and then have the benefits of it it's hard to just like brushing your teeth it's hard to get out of that routine uh, yeah seriously i um for me, I think I started doing this like six years ago, and I saw Layered Hamilton, that sure. animal of a sixty-year-old man, you know, doing Beast. it, just embarrassing us thirty-year-olds. Yeah. Um, yeah, he mm-hmm. likes to. His whole principle is he likes to 
stress the body out so much that it can react and adapt and recover faster and more efficiently. So he does like the underwater workout therapy where you're restricting airflow and then he'll do full ice and then he'll go into the sauna and he put his assault bike in the sauna and do 20 minutes in there. He's a, he's ridiculous, but like, it's super inspiring, super motivating. Um, I don't know if you saw the last video that I did. We had, when we had that, uh, polar vortex come in from Canada, Uh, our Seattle went from like 45 to about 23 for a week, like 19 at night, 23 degrees maxing out. Uh, yeah, it was cold. So that was the best because I didn't have to buy ice. I could just wake up, uh, get down to my boxers and hop into the cold plunge. And Oh my God, that was, I know I've got the routine down because I was set and comfortable within 30 seconds, like had the breathing, you know, pattern down. So yeah, it's just a matter of, like you said, creating the habit, getting familiar, and then, you know, that shock just kind of goes away. Yeah. I I find myself sometimes even after, you know, doing it for a year or two, I find myself like not wanting to do it either. Yeah. Like I, I wake up every morning and I mean, some days I don't do it just because I don't have the time, but I'll, I'll end up getting it in either later that day, if it's a recovery day or whatever. Mm-hmm. But usually I try to make it a habit of first thing in the morning. And yeah. um, specifically the last like week, I find myself like getting up and just kind of like, <sighs> I don't feel like fucking doing this. I really yeah. don't. And I'll fill up my tub. I have this ice barrel, this company ice barrel. And uh, yeah. I'll, fill it, I'll fill up my tub and I'll throw in the ice afterwards and I'll let the temperature you know, marinate for a bit and I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh, and then it's that, <laughs> it's that 10 seconds that I realized that's where, and this is like with anything, that 10 seconds of like wanting to jump in, that is worse than anything oh, yeah, else. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The anticipation getting into it is the, the best mental test I yeah. think that I've incorporated in my day now or when I do do it. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, there were moments during that cold week where I was like, fuck, dude, this is going to suck. Yeah. And I tell myself I just started my day with the hardest thing I'm going to do. That's right. And the rest of my day, I've got this huge endorphin pump. I'm do- I feel great. Work That's isn't right. as stressful anymore. I've already done the hardest thing. Yeah. And Everything else is smooth sailing. I, j- <laughs> I do remember, though, like my fireplace, uh, I had to turn it on after that 23-degree plunge because <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't clench my fingers. Yeah. They were just kind of locked like this. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I know I have Viking blood in me, but that was still a very long time ago. And yeah. I'm trying to get it back. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you, did, if you didn't have it before, you have it now. It's yeah, I got now. it now. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, it's, I forget who said it. Um, either it was a a philosopher or maybe it's just a podcaster, but someone said it that really resonates, not just with that specific therapy, but just life in general, where the worst thing that's going to happen to you is the worst thing that's going to happen to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, like when you're a kid, you lose a red crayon. That was the worst thing that ever happened to you. Yeah. That was like the end. Yeah. You lost your favorite hot wheels. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Could you imagine like you're playing with hot wheels one day? The next day, you can't find it, and you're yep. six years old. That's the worst. That is like a family member passing away. And yep. then you become 12, and now mm-hmm. you get bullied at school, and you come home yep. crying. That was the I worst. Know all about that. Now you forgot about the Hot Wheels. Yeah, that, that wasn't was my worst biggest thing. problem. 
Yeah. <laughs> the biggest problem was getting, I legitimately in high school got the shit kicked out of me all the time. And it was a lot of verbal abuse too. Like I, uh, sure. it's pretty funny, you know, looking back and seeing what the stress was back then. Right. I am so glad that I went through the shittiest years in high school right. and didn't peak then because nothing's worse than that. That was the lowest I'm ever going to feel. Um, okay. I went yeah. through the, like this 10 year period. You said that you just had your really hard period um, in 22, mm -hmm. right? And I'm really glad that you were able to navigate through that and come out of it very, so positively. Um, and especially find this new like relationship and business relationship with your spouse. For me, my hardest years were 17, 18, and 19, where I was. I went through a severe brain injury through blunt force trauma and I had to go to the hospital, have a, uh, I can't pronounce the actual scientific term. It's called a VP shunt installed, but it drains excess spinal fluid from a benign cyst that was in my left lobe and ruptured from oh, this fuck. kick. And so I was in the hospital for like three weeks, two surgeries, and I still have the equipment in there. It's I don't think it works anymore, but I'm still here. Um, wow. And then the very next year, my dad died. Uh, wow. And I had, it was like, uh, I want to say maybe a two-day heads up. I, he just got sick or had been sick and didn't tell me that he had pulmonary fibrosis. And I got a brother, uh, my older brother called me. He's an anesthesiologist and said, you got to be on the next flight to Baltimore. Dad's not doing well. But at 19, I just thought he was sick. I didn't know in wow. 48 hours I was going to say goodbye to my dad. And that 19 is a very, you know, formative year. You're supposed to be going to college. You're supposed right. to be talking to girls and partying and not worried about that. And yeah. uh, it was such a humbling moment that now my days are easy, you know, yeah. compared to what I've been through. And it gives you perspective, right? You're gonna know. You're gonna notice in the next two to three years that because of this surgery that you just went through and this health scare and the struggles with you know conceiving a, a child, it's like I've been through pretty much the hardest thing I'm gonna go through. That's right. Right, and losing yeah. your father-in-law, like life is yeah. only gonna look better. That's now. right. And you know, you always kind of look at it like, how do you know when? You know, like, is this the worst thing, worst thing that's going to happen to me? I don't know. Probably not. There's probably going to be worse things. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's... Life can have something right now. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, life is just shitty, dude. It's not It's not, yeah. uh, It's not. not supposed to be fair. I mean, you, you got to remember... It's not Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's not definitely Instagram. not Instagram. That's a great way to say it. Yeah, because it's, you know... And again, not only is it not fair, but it's such a privilege. It yeah. shouldn't be fair. You yeah. know, like the... As far as we know, there's nine planets just in our solar system, right? Uh, technically eight. I don't know. If I think Pluto got No, it's nine. I, I'm, it nine I'm an 88, baby. Pluto's a planet. Fuck yeah. It's, it's a planet right <laughs> on Pluto. And uh, one of my favorite Disney characters. So, but, you know, there's nine planets in the solar system that we know about. Let's just say that's all we know about, even though we know there's infinite amount of solar systems with mm -hmm. infinite amount of suns and stars and all that. But let's just say there's only nine. Let's just say. Yeah. So out of that nine, we're the only planet that we know of that has life. Mm -hmm. Out of all those 8 billion people on this little planet floating around in infinite black nothingness, you're yep. born. Yep. And you're able to 
not get eaten by a tiger and a lion on a daily basis. Yeah. Yep. That is such a fucking gift. And yeah. your your ancestors survived the worst. Dude, thousands <laughs> of ancestors, millions of people died. I mean, just in like I forget what it was, the Ice Age, the number of people that died in the Ice Age is astronomical. Like, it's unfathomable, 20 million people or whatever it was. But just the fact that you're alive right now in this time, in this moment, that we're FaceTiming and we're talking and you're on the other side of the country, Mm -hmm. I'm in Florida, you're in Seattle. We're Mm -hmm. living in that moment right now. Who gives a shit if your plane is delayed? (laughs) Who cares? Get this out of your head that you're entitled to something. You ain't entitled to shit. Because when we're gone... You and me, when we're gone, no one's going to care. There's going to be yeah. another 8 billion people that come in after us. Like, no one yeah. cares. We just have to, like, live in the moment, be grateful that you're even allowed to live in this moment, and don't yeah. worry about anything else that you can't control. And enjoy the coffee. Fuck like, yeah, enjoy yeah. the coffee. Hell yeah. yeah. Even though I, I must say I've been switching. I've I've switched recently. I remember you saying this, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I do regret it because coffee is great. But um, I've seen some great benefits about cutting out caffeine. Astronomically, for sure. I'm sure they're there. Dude, even my my, uh, my pre-workout doesn't have caffeine. I'll put it this way. I just started coffee at 29 years old. So I'm going to enjoy my time with it. Yeah, you need time. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great. I I avoided it like the plague forever. And I was like, yeah. I started when I was was 16 is when I started coffee. Okay. So So yeah, you've you've had your run. Yeah, yeah. Well, same thing with booze, dude. Like, I've been actually booze free for over 100 days. Nice. That's huge. That's huge. That was that was a tough one for me. But I did that when uh, my wife and I really started to, you know, go hard on trying to have a kid and shit. And uh, we just tried everything under the sun. And I was like, I'll do it with you. And meanwhile, I'm like, you know, fuck, this sucks. But then after about a month, um, not only do I not crave it, but like I have... Yeah. It's the craving that'll kill you. Yeah, yeah, if you can navigate and be disciplined through those moments of weakness where it's yeah. like, you know, it is 79 degrees and it, the sun's setting, it's Friday, I just want a cold-ass corona. Oh, yeah. And you can say no. Right. Right, Perf- perfect scenario to have the drink and you can say no. For sure. That's super powerful. My dad was a, um, I'm not saying that you were, but yeah. my dad was a recovering alcoholic since 77. Oh, and wow. yeah, like after being a lifetime drinker and yeah, his, uh, it was one of the greatest accomplishments he's ever made. Yeah. It's not easy. And it's really just the social pressure that is, that is the Mm -hmm. hard part. But you know, there's so many great alternatives now. Like, um, I don't know if you're familiar with any non-alcoholic stuff, but forget about like the mass court, you know, the, the, the mass corporations that are doing not like Heineken has a Heineken zero or whatever. Mm -hmm. Forget about those because that to me is still, it's beer, yeah, but without the alcohol, so it doesn't have any benefits. It's just empty calories. But yep. now there's some great, like great companies. Like uh, I've been drinking um, hop water, which is really cool. Where it's actually a, a it's got nootropics in it and L-theanine. So like when it's sparkling That's water, cool. yeah, it's sparkling water, but it's got hints of nootropics and adaptogens in it. So it kind of like has the drinkability of uh, like a hop beer. Yeah. Um, but it it's has got the, the L- fizziness, right? Right. So it gives yep. you the aesthetics of it, but the L-theanine is, you know, it's a amino acid. So it kind of like calms you down and gives you that, you know, almost like not drunk feeling, but almost like, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, I you feel good. I, mean? I feel good. Yeah. Yeah. And there's this other company called Drink Monday. That's really great where it's a super oh, cool alternative. Cool 
I like that. Oh yeah, it's it's great. Well, and I like it because it's it's just the fact of like it gives you the it gives you the aesthetics of having like a high class drink, like yeah. a a tequila a tequila sunrise or maybe you know whiskey neat or like something like that where it gives you the drinkability of like having something cool. And that to me has been better because when I do have friends over, now I could kind of like participate without feeling like a schmuck. Yeah, you know, it, yeah, it exactly. Because that's really the hard I, part about drinking. Yeah, right. Is the sociability of it, and how do I navigate yeah. this like one-year-old birthday party or this wedding reception sure. or whatever without sure. feeling out of place? That's right. Do you mind if I That's get right. this? Uh, the oh, sun yeah. is like blinding the crap out of me. No, no, get in. You're good. <laughs> we are. <laughs> no, you're good, dude. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely one of those things where we we have been really brainwashed on a lot of things. That's just with food. Cause we talked a lot about that. We've talked a lot about working out, not working out and, um, and drinking and, you know, even mm-hmm. smoking cigarettes, you know, we thought that was going to be the cool thing, you know, 50 years ago. And now we're realizing that it's one of the worst things you could do and it's still legal, you know, but yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what's crazy is it's, we're being brainwashed and no one's going to look out for yourself except yourself. Mm-hmm. As yep. the only person. So you got to really take all this stuff in, in consideration. I'm not saying if you so, smoke, you're a schmuck, or if you drink, you're a schmuck. I'm just saying know the, know the side effects and, and what, what's going to come from it if you continue. So you said that you were able to uh, get 100 days sober um, yeah. on alcohol. Did your wife start that herself, or did she try and do like a couple's thing together? No, we both did it because we figured it might heighten our chances of, of her getting pregnant. Yeah. And I didn't want to drink in front of her because, um, you know, it's bad enough that I'm mostly vegan and yeah. then she's not. Cause I don't really encourage anybody to do a specific diet unless they need to. Um, yeah. cause I think the best diet is probably, you know, animal based products and whole foods, less preservatives. Um, you know, I don't necessarily think everyone should be vegan. I don't know if it's that healthy for everybody. Um, and you know, especially when you're having a kid, you don't want to decrease the amount of nutrients you have. <laughs> So exactly. Like, yeah. So, so I'm like, all right, I'm not going to tell her to be vegan. Um, just like if she doesn't want to drink, I'm not going to drink in front of her. Same thing that she doesn't eat a steak in front of me. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. You're bigger knows. than I am. Yeah. You're bigger than I am. Cause yeah. Christy, Christy had a really rough 2020 and a 2021. Um, we thought that she just like all of a sudden just got exhausted and just started having all these horrible, uh, side effects and feelings with her body. And we thought she might have, you know, some form of cancer. So she started doing blood work and it turned out after like a year of testing, she got officially diagnosed with Graves disease, which is um, an autoimmune disease of the thyroid gland. And um, she waited for like another six months for the endocrinologist to Pre, uh, prescribe her medication. There's only two or cutting it out, doing red, uh, radiation. There's like, it gets really intense really quick if you can't just like take yeah. the medicine. So after a year and a half of navigating this quietly, we weren't, you know, telling anyone this, um, she turned out to be allergic to the medication that they prescribed. And Shut so there the it was like the only option was no longer oh, an option. Wow. And so she got so pissed off that she spent i want to say close to five grand on a juicer a blender and auto like a healing your gut uh guidebook and so what she did was genius 
she basically just re uh, reset her entire lining by going only juice, a particular cocktail of juice, herbal shots, and going to a naturopath. And over a course of 12 weeks, she was adding one thing to the concoction and seeing how the body responded. But it started out with like heavy soups and heavy, like clean noodles and just gut lining gelatin style stuff. Because apparently a lot of autoimmune diseases are caused by a leaky gut, a hole in the gut lining, which I didn't know. I'm sure a majority of Americans don't know that. But, and it's, um, and it's your intestines all the way yeah. to your esophagus. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's that whole. It's a whole system. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one path. Like a lot of people think, because we always tell, oh, it's the wrong pipe. No, bro, there's only one pipe. And that yeah. pipe goes all the way <laughs> down to your stomach. Yes. And then, yeah, and then it goes to your intestines. And it's all connected, man. It's all one system. Yeah. So when, yeah. when something goes down like that, it's it's all connected for sure. Yeah, and it yeah. took a long time to get back to hundred percent, but holy shit, she, she was, it got so bad to where she was having trouble sleeping. Her body temperature was through the roof. Her heart rate was elevated all the time. And she would describe getting out of bed and walking to the kitchen, like running upstairs in a skyscraper. She was just exhausted all the time. Her hair was thinning out. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this. she gained like 15 pounds and you just can't get it off, right? The the autoimmune disease like just kind of makes you a little bit uh, oh, yeah. heavier. Oh, yeah. Nothing crazy, but just fifteen. Yeah. And so she went through all of like the mental aspects of that, where it's like I feel terrible for myself, and this totally. isn't fair. I work out, I manage my diet really well. Why is this happening to me? And then she had this amazing perspective shift of like, I'm not going to let this define who I am. And I'm just going to double down on my diet and getting back to your original point where you were saying, I'm not going to drink in front of her. I'm not going to eat this particular food in front of her. Yeah. I am a total asshole and I haven't changed my diet at all. And I still <laughs> eat everything that I'm that she can't, which is she's removed gluten, dairy, alcohol, and like high acidic foods, you right. know, anything that's going to tear away at that gut lining. And I'm over here with my tequila and my Heineken <laughs> and my pizza and yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so and you know, I could listen, probably be doing a little bit better there. Sure, but well, and you know, I always say this. I always go <clears throat> for people that always bust my balls about this type of stuff. I'm always like, listen, man. You know, I had to kind of do this thing because of my disease when I was like early 30s. Yeah, you're gonna have and to do Crohn's this is no joke. Crohn's is yeah. pretty bad. Crohn's is rough. Yeah. But I was like, you're going to have to do this when you're 50. Mm-hmm. I'm just doing it right. Because as yeah, you get older, I've... your doctors are going to tell you, hey, you have XYZ disease. Something's going to go down. You're going to have to intake more XYZ for your joints or more vitamin D because you're deficient or maybe more meat because you have low T. Like As you get older, your body shuts down. You're going to need more things. Me, yeah. my body shut down early with Crohn's. So now yeah. I have to do this type of diet at an early age. So we all get there one day. Like one day you're not going to be able to have tequila, Chris. Sorry. It's going to happen. <sighs> Don't and say that. <laughs> so, hey, listen, you could you could soak it up. But what's funny is now all the research that we're putting into all these type of substances that we intake is there is a lot of, a lot of studies that are saying all this type of bullshit that we're doing at a young age 
the alcohol, the cigarettes, the drugs, the prescriptions, the Advil, the Tylenol, all this shit mm. is leading to our body shutting down faster. Yeah. So if you can eliminate that stuff at an early age, yeah. you're going to have a longer, healthier life. So it's so. pretty funny that you mentioned the Advil and the like ibuprofen, Tylenol. I avoid painkillers like crazy. You're yeah. you're my age also. So yeah. you probably remember the early 2000s through 2008 opioid yeah. epidemic of course. where our high school generation, if you tore an ACL, popped your Achilles in football or got in a car wreck or whatever, yep. they were prescribing Oxycontin right away. And oh, yeah. all that did was ruin our generation. And so and I still do, by the way. Yeah, I avoid all yeah. those painkillers. I remember during my brain surgery, they were like, yeah, so we've prescribed you this. You can hop right on it because this happened in 2007, mm. my major injury. So peak opioid epidemic or like, yeah. pres you know, prescribing it. We hadn't quite seen the repercussions yet. And I never touched this stuff. I think my mom threw out my prescription, to be yeah. totally honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, even when I had my lung surgery just, you know, a year ago, it actually be a year ago and a week or two. Um, yeah, they gave me oxy. They prescribed me oxy. Yep. I didn't take it. Yeah. No. Let me let me tell you. See ya. <laughs> let me tell you. It was the it was probably the worst pain of my life. But yep, you know what you know what's worse than that? Getting addicted to oxy. Addiction. Yeah. Ending up fucking divorced with no money yep. underneath a bridge. That'd be worse. Yep. Yeah. So you have to you have to deal with the pain. Pain's good, man. Pain yeah. that tells me that you know there, because <laughs> one day, by the way, sorry to make this so dark, everybody, but um, one day you're not going to feel pain. Yeah, and yeah. I bet you're going to want to feel that pain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one feel day, yeah. yeah, one day you're going to be in this situation where you won't be able to feel shit, and mm -hmm. God forbid. I mean, it's all going to happen to all of us, but it's. I just had that thought. Actually, let's let's dive into that just for a second. Let's do I it. I had that thought recently where I'm gonna have my last Monday. You're gonna have your last for your last kiss. You're gonna have your last meal, and you don't know it, right? When it's gonna happen? If let's say like yeah. you die of a random event, yeah, you're that's gonna not. have that. And the more you recognize and realize that that's gonna happen, you start to look at life a little bit more positively i think it's a yeah. rough thought to begin with sure but it kind of makes you just appreciate and like you said not feed into the bullshit of like today's micro problem that isn't a problem it's just an annoyance yeah oh, right that's so true yeah 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 that, that is dark but you know it's not really as morbid as you think um at least for yeah. me i mean maybe the listener is negged out but like me, um, <laughs> I, I I could relate with that for sure because I've been there. Just Great like podcast, man! <laughs> <laughs> I want to cry. <laughs> I can't believe it. Meanwhile, crickets. Um, yeah, yeah. Finally, I could use the soundboard, man. This is great. We get a we get a we get a whack. Yeah, um, we can never get the soundboard today. Yeah, but you know, yeah, dude, it's, it's true because you never know. And I honestly mm -hmm. thought when they told me. I'm sure you were in the same situation, but when they told me a year ago that, um, I remember, I'll never forget it. I'm traumatized by it. Me and my wife were in this room. I'm coughing, like feel like I'm coughing up physically a lung yeah. <clears throat> every day. And I can't obviously work out. I can't do anything. I'm bedridden every day. I had a fever of 104 yeah. and I could not just knock constant it. state every of day. uncomfortable. Every yep. day. 
And eventually, after so many doctor's visits and so much fucking medication, CT scans and x-rays, the doctor comes in and he goes, after my final x-ray, he goes, um, so I have some, some bad news. Uh, we found a tumor in your lung. And um, yeah, like this the last be, thing you want to hear. Yeah. And I never forget, he goes, um, there's not really a whole, whole lot we could do right now, um, but this is not good. And I go, what the fuck? And that was a doctor yeah. that told me that, a specialist. Yeah. And um, me and my wife just looked at each other. And that moment right there, I, I told myself as we were both bawling, I told yeah. myself, like, this is it. These are going to be the last days of my life. This is cancer. We're yeah. done. And I accepted it. And I was like, from that moment forward, I, I kind of ch- switched up everything. Nothing mattered at that moment except for my yeah. wife and what was going on in my life right now. And then, you know, thank goodness came back after it got removed and we got attested. It wasn't cancerous. But when you when you have those moments, like I'm sure you had, thank you. Yeah. When when you have those moments, you start to understand that, like you said, it's uh it could be your last Monday and it could be yeah. your last meal. And when when you have that appreciation of life moving forward after that, it it was a gift. I, I hate to say it and I hate it happened to me, but it it was a gift because I looked yeah. at things completely different now than I did the day before I got that news. Yeah. And so uh, I had a similar type experience, not as severe. Uh, Yours is pretty intense. Uh, But for me, the doctor told me I had such, because I got kicked and then waited five days to go to the doctor, that typical male syndrome of like, I'm not hurt. (laughs) I'm fine. fine. Uh, You're you're hurt. You should (laughs) see the other guy. (laughs) Yeah, you should see the other guy. He was fine. He looked great. (laughs) (laughs) So the doctor pretty much told me if I had gone another 24 hours, I would have died. And the surgery was really intense. Uh, The recovery was terrible. And then the very next year, right, I had a six-month period of recovery, getting back into the gym, moving. You know, like you you went from benching your max to now you're just like moving an eight-pound dumbbell very carefully and slowly and you're just building yourself back up and almost a like a year later my dad died and i i got to say goodbye to him in person fortunately but it gave me so much perspective on two things like i almost got to see myself die my you know which is really intense to navigate gives you this amazing new lease on life that you're breathing and you're you're cognitive and you get a second chance and then you get to see the end of life with my dad passing away and seeing someone that had a pretty rough life see the end. And that was a very intense moment where it's like, he's scared, he's ready to go, but he's still, I don't think he had any regrets, but there was fear there. And it was like, okay, cool. I don't want to be afraid in this moment. I want to be very confident and ready to go. Yeah. And so I try to live my life with experiences of like pushing myself, being super uncomfortable, saying yes to things, um, starting the business, asking Christy out, um, on a date and reaching out to all these major athletes and having it work. Like I want to live a very experience filled life, which has been very rewarding. That's great, man. Yeah, and you yeah. know, I'm I'm sorry that happened to you. And kudos for for everything that you've overcome as well. It's um, Thank you. It, it does make 
It does make you question a lot of things, for sure, because I I started questioning, in particular, uh, what is important. And, yep. you know, there there here's the problem, man. There's so much cool shit out there, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's really easy to get soaked into not doing the ice plunge and not doing mm-hmm. the sauna and not working out and not eating right. It's so easy, man, because there's so much cool shit out there. But yeah. if you could just really take a step back and just... Just relax and just understand yeah. that all this stuff is fabricated. Everything's yeah. made up. The phone, this is all made up. Everything that's on this device, the TikToks and the 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 photos and all, all that, it's bullshit. It doesn't yeah. it literally serves no purpose to your life and, and to be fulfilled. And I think if you ask every single, you know, uh, eighty or ninety year old us as we get older, mm-hmm. if you say, Hey, Chris, Tony, when you guys were in your thirties, did you like that TikTok more or did you like hanging out with your wife more? I think we would wifey. all say hanging out with wifey. A hundred percent, right? So it's like, what are you going to really look back at? Hanging out with wifey in Hawaii. That's what I'm going to remember. Dude, <laughs> and I cannot say that. I'm sure that's like on the the pillar. That, that was is the like, best. That was the best life choice ever ugh. was uh, getting together with and spending the rest of my life with a woman from paradise. So the joke is, when I have to spend paid time off or take time off to visit in-laws, I'm not going to, you know, somewhere super cold. I'm not going back home to Baltimore. I'm not That's going right. to the middle of nowhere. I'm going to paradise. It's like, oh, God, this is terrible. Yeah, bro. booked. <laughs> <laughs> you got it made in the fucking shade with some lemonade. Yeah. Bro. For sure. Yeah. Well, li- listen, man, I didn't realize, but we're at like a, an hour and 18 minutes already. So. Yeah. Time flies. Yeah. So, um, but I, I love what you've done with with Sweat Deck. I want to get into kind of where people could find you as well. And of course, I'll leave all your links and everything in the episode notes. So everyone listening, check that out. If you're watching on YouTube, go to the description. You'll see all the links where you can visit uh, Chris and, and his fiance's company, Sweat Deck. Uh, but before I let you go, I ask all my guests this. Um, what is one thing that you've learned? And we've talked a little bit about it, but uh, what is one thing that you've taken away uh, in this life that has made you a better human? Oh, great question. More of a practice. Um, mm-hmm. I, my superpower is being able to network with anybody. And I mm-hmm. think the more connected you become with people that are complete strangers or totally opposite from you, the more rewarding your, your life is. So I okay. love getting to know new people and just by buying a complete stranger, a cup of coffee, buying, um, you know, dinner for somebody when you're first meeting them or Mm -hmm. just staying in touch with people. I'm a caller, a phone caller. I hate texting more than anything. So I keep in touch with my business partners or my friends and they'll tell me every once in a while when they're not annoyed by it, you know, because nobody likes seeing the phone call come in like, oh, God damn it, Chris is calling again. There goes an hour of my day. <laughs> like, um, I'd say that that's probably the best practice that I um, do daily is I just keep in touch with people. And it doesn't have to be big, but saying yes to things that are uncomfortable or unfamiliar has been one of the best practices ever. It's gotten me my deal with Marshawn Lynch. It got me the deal with Lululemon. It got me my business, you know, just, and that's been the most rewarding thing in my thirties. It's been the most challenging, but it's also been the coolest thing I've ever done. 
That's great, man. What a great piece of mm-hmm. advice. Because I think we all could adapt that. And I think it's important that everyone just really takes a step back and, you know, saying yes to things and, and being grateful and talking to friends. I'm a big preacher of that as well on the phone mm-hmm. and, and connecting more. You know, yep. we're, we're, we're living in a world of just getting disconnected and we're getting farther away yep. from each other. You look at everything that's happening with AI and that's a whole other podcast, but like mm-hmm. all this stuff is disconnecting us as humans. So the more we could stay connected and, and collaborate with each other, I think the happier we'll all be. So yeah, um, great advice, man. And if you can leave your uh, social media handles, your site, all that jazz for people that can uh, come take a look at you guys. Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach us at my sweat deck on ig sweat deck on TikTok, and i think it's um my personal one is chris underscore dietrich uh d-e-i-t-r-i-c-k um that's the best way to stay in touch love it well chris thanks so much for the time um again appreciate what you guys are doing with sweat deck this is awesome because it's allowing people to do workouts at home um with little to no equipment and to get a fantastic workout and i just think you guys are are changing lives, man. So I, I wish you and the fiance nothing but success and happiness. And uh, let's definitely do this again for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciated being on here. Absolutely, buddy. Enjoy the weekend, man. You too. Oh, hey there. First of all, thanks for making it to the end of this video. Not a lot of people do, according to the YouTube analytics, but I, I do want to say thanks for listening to this. There's some more episodes if you want to check those out and they're all just as good but if you haven't already make sure you subscribe to the channel check out those timestamps below to reference uh, some of the topics i talked about as well as some discount links to some of our sponsors and affiliates but uh, thanks for listening to this episode and uh, we'll see you next time